0: Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1 streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show.
1: You're listening to The Jan Price Show all about movies and today my guest is award-winning entertainment journalist and Turner Classic Movies host Dave Carger and my friend Dave Carger. Hi Dave, how are you?
0: I'm good, Jan. How are you doing?
1: Great, just great. This is their third annual Oscar show. I love this show. It's one of my favorites of the year.
0: This is a very exciting time of the year for me too. I love this time of the year.
1: Me too, me too. So I have this question. This year the Oscars are on February 9th which I've never remembered them being so early in the year. Why did the Academy uh, change the date this year? So
0: this is basically a one year test for the Academy who felt like the award season was taking too long and was having its thunder stolen by a lot of the other award shows that lead up to the Oscars. And so what the Academy decided to try to do this year was to move the Oscars a few weeks early. And this is, you know, as much as two months earlier than the Oscars used to be. There was a time when the Oscars were in early April. exactly. Um, So this is making it a lot shorter. And what happened, though, which really shouldn't be that much of a surprise to anybody. It's not as if all the other award shows then said, oh, okay, we'll just come after the Oscars now. They all moved their dates up, too. So what you're seeing is all of the shows you know producers guild golden globe screen actors guild spirit awards all of that happening basically in the same order that they did before but just in a very truncated fashion i'm all for it because i do feel like every year i kind of hit a wall you know around the end of january and i feel like okay let's just Vote on these movies already And end the season Because it is taking too long So I actually am happy That the Oscars Are early this year We'll see if it um, Happens again The The dates are set For the next couple of years And it's late February So they're going back Into a little bit Of a longer season The next couple of years
1: Well late You know Late February seems uh, I don't know I liked late February I feel it's just Too rushed I just feel like there's, you know, you've got the holidays and you, and you've got the award season and there's just so much going on. It's like oh, you don't even get a chance to breathe. Now maybe it's different inside the industry. I'm just talking as no, I, somebody I, outside it.
0: I think you're I think you're right for a lot of people. I mean, it, it does seem very weird to come back from the holidays and then the Golden Globes are January fifth. I, I think know. that that, <laughs> that seems very quick. And then also we had situations this year where movies like Star Wars or Cat admittedly not two of the best movies of the year, but still. Still, uh, movies were not done in time to even screen for some of the critics groups and, and early awards granting bodies that lead up to the Oscars. So I vote for the Critics' Choice Awards, which is the broadcast film critics. We didn't see Star Wars or Cat um, before we had to submit our ballots now. Would those movies have made it onto the ballots? No, they wouldn't have. But I think it's better when the system can be such that every filmmaker gets to show his or her movie to any voting body that they want to.
1: I agree. I agree. And didn't it used to be, and I don't know if it's still that way, but the movie had to uh, be out by Christmas in order to be in consideration. Is that true? Or by the end of the year?
0: Yeah, you have to play for a week um, at theater in New York and L.A., before the end of the year, that's the kind of rule um in order to qualify hmm
1: and and another movie like nineteen seventeen which hasn't come out yet either although there i think uh Sam Mendes has been nominated for best director either by the sag or uh, <laughs> yes
0: he golden got I I can't go yeah,
1: yeah. Golden Globe. I got, they're all they're all meshing together Dave <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and let me tell you, for your listeners that are still catching up with movies or haven't seen movies yet, um, although 1917 was a very late in the year release, it's one of the best movies of the year by far and a movie that stands to do quite well. Up uh, at the Oscar. I
1: can't wait to see it. I can't not wait to see it. I saw. I met one of the young actors, and I, his name is not coming to my uh, brain right now. Uh, at the Napa Film Festival, and as a, one of the up-and-coming oh, great. Uh, stars, the what, the little chubby one. What's his name? <laughs>
0: Sorry. To um. Say that. Yeah. Well, the, uh, Dean. I think it's Dean Chapman. There
1: you go. Yeah. Something like that. It's a long. I think it's got another name in there too. But yeah. So yeah, it's a
0: hyphenated name. It's a
1: hyphenated name. But he was lovely. Dean
0: Charles. Dean Charles
1: Chapman. There it is. There it is. Thank you. Thank you. Well, let's get started. Let's get started on, and we'll just cover uh, the the Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Best Actor, and Best Actress, and Best Motion Picture, and who we think will be nominated, um, and and who we think might not be. People who have been nominated for Golden Globes or SAGs um, may or not be nominated for an Oscar. So, let's start with Best Supporting Actor in a Supporting Role. Yes. Who do you think?
0: Of the acting races, I really do feel like that's the one that's seems to be the most solid as far as who the five people are going to be. Um, Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is, you know, the front runner and just a kind of a great career capping role for him. Al Pacino and Joe Pesci, I think will both be nominated for the Irishman. And then a personal favorite of mine, Tom Hanks, as Mr. Rogers in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I just love that performance. Um, Jamie Foxx got a SAG nomination for the film Just Mercy, which is another very late in the year release. So I think the fifth spot is between him and Anthony Hopkins for or the Two Popes um, And th- those are both movies that are Just kind of being discovered right, right now By audiences and by The the voters, so I think it's pretty much A crapshoot, I, I think Anthony Hopkins Might have the edge, because I do think Two Popes might do a little bit better overall Than Just Mercy, but the other four Guys, Brad Pitt, Tom Hanks, Al Pacino And Joe Pesci, all four of whom are Oscar winners, by the way, Yes, as are Anthony Hopkins and Jamie Foxx, I mean all right. this, this is going to be an all Oscar winner Except for um, Brad, Brad
1: Brad's not well, one for acting. It has won. Right.
0: He's well, won for producing, yeah.
1: Yeah, producing, but not for acting. So that's kind of interesting. That's I correct. saw Just Mercy. It was the opening film at the Napa Film Festival. And I must say, it's a really gripping movie. I'm sure you've seen it, too. And Jamie Foxx is excellent yeah. in it. I think Brad Pitt should win for best abs. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is quite a moment when he's on top of that. He takes the shirt off. Well, you know, I do movie reviews, and that's one of the things I focused on <laughs> in my review. <laughs> I said the best part of the movie. No, I thought he was wonderful in this. I thought was, I thought it was one of his best roles. Actually, uh, I really did. So that's going to be it's going to be interesting. I, who do you think? Um, because right now I don't get a sense of any f- real front runners on any of this. Do you um, on any of the I role? Think- I mean, act any of the acting roles, movies. I think it's really right now. It could be anyone's game. I mean, because sometimes you get all the buzz, and there's a lot of buzz about a particular movie or a particular f- performance, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Because there was a lot of buzz about a, 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 a one of the Best Actress nominees, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I feel that it's it's fizzled down because her movie came out uh, a couple of months ago. But I don't feel a lot of Oscar buzz about any particular film. Are, are you f- sensing any frontrunners at, at this point? I think for Best
0: Picture, it's pretty wide open, and, and we'll talk more about that category, sounds like, in a few minutes. But I do think there are three or four movies at the forefront of the Best Picture race, which makes it pretty exciting. In the, in the acting categories, I think it kind of has narrowed down. Down to one or two people in each of the races i mean and that's why for me the nomination day january 13th is always the most exciting because that's when you really can see some true surprises in there and people that you didn't necessarily think had a great shot but i am sensing some front runners and i mean brad pitt as an example right. in supporting actor and then if you want to move on to supporting actress i think laura dern in marriage story is is definitely out front um of of everybody else at this moment mm-hmm,
1: in that category, mm-hmm. and Brad Pitt is going to be getting the uh, Malton um, what's it's the the Malton Award over Malton at-
0: Malton Master Award Master
1: right? Award at the Santa Barbara Film Festival. I was going to leave the Santa Barbara Film Festival early, and when I saw that announcement, I said, "Well, I guess I have to stay now for sure."
0: <laughs> Good choice.
1: <laughs> and I will be seeing you there uh, Great. again this year. Are you going to be doing the Virtuoso Awards?
0: Yes. So again? I'm doing the Virtuoso Awards, which is the Breakout Performers of the Year. This is my 10th consecutive year doing that. And wow. we have Taryn Edgerton from Rocket Man, Aquafina from The Farewell, Florence Pugh from Little Women, a wonderful young actress named Taylor Russell, who's in a movie called Waves that I adore. And then we've just also announced Cynthia Erivo. From I Harriet. Love her. love her. George Mackay, who is the lead uh, actor in. 1917 in a wonderful yes. performance. Uh, Beanie Feldstein who was in a movie called Booksmart earlier this year. And then our eighth uh, virtuoso is Aldous Hodge who's a terrific actor who's in a movie called Clemency with Alfre Woodard. So mm. we have a great lineup um, on January 18th for the
1: Virtuoso Awards. Wonderful. And that's the Santa Barbara Film Festival. So if you're listening, go get your tickets. It's going to be in a very exciting uh, film festival again. Alright, let's get the best supporting actress. Um, you just mentioned Laura Dern. Uh, who else do you think might be? I mean, I, I, let me ask you this question before we get into that. Do you, which has uh, more weight, do you think, being nominated for a Golden Globe or a SAG Award? Or are they pretty much even?
0: I would say they're fairly even. It's interesting because the SAG Award, as you well know, is the one that has actual overlap between the people who vote for it and the people who vote for the Academy Awards, whereas the Golden Globes is 90 foreign journalists. You know, there's zero overlap between that mm-hmm. voting body and the and Oscars, having they said that, though, the amount of overlap is actually not that huge between Screen Actors Guild voters and Academy voters, because the Academy is just so much more exclusive to be a member of. It's only about 9,000 people, whereas Screen Actors Guild is you know over 100,000 people. Um, although the Screen Actors Guild nominating committee is only a fraction of the overall Screen Actors Guild bodies. But but anyway, uh, in, in the past, I would have said SAG nomination was kind of the be-all end-all. But in the last few years, the Golden Globe nomination has almost emerged as just as predictive um, as SAG. So I think you have to kind of take everything into account almost as an aggregate the Critics' Choice, the Golden Globes, the Screen Actors Guild, the other Critics' Awards, and then, you know, get a sense of how movies are doing and what people seem to be watching and talking about out here in LA to, to get a sense of what might be nominated.
1: And, yeah, interesting. Well, let's go into the best supporting actress then. Um, who do you think might be nominated this year?
0: So I, there's three sure things. I mentioned Laura Dern for Marriage Story, such a wonderful performance as an unctuous lawyer. She's mm-hmm. so terrific. She is. Um, I, do think, I do think Jennifer Lopez for Hustlers is is well on her way to uh, getting her first Oscar nomination. I think a lot of people enjoyed that movie when it came out and mm-hmm. um, she did a fantastic job. And then I, I really am sensing Margot Robbie, um, who had two terrific performances this year as Sharon Tate in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but I think her performance in Bombshell, which has recently come out, where she plays a Fox News Channel producer, um, she gives a, a really terrific performance in that and she's gotten you know every possible nomination leading up as well. And then to finish out the category It's tough to guess. I think some people who are in the running include Kathy Bates, Mm -hmm. who plays Richard Jewell's mother in Richard Jewell. It's a wonderful performance, very emotional, but the movie has been a huge flop, so that doesn't help her case. Um, I think Scarlett Johansson, actually, I've seen her stock rising not only in the Best Actress category, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a couple of minutes for Marriage Story, but she also gives a supporting performance in Jojo Rabbit, which is a movie that a lot of people are enjoying overall. So I think she actually has a great chance to be the first person since Cate Blanchett um, about a decade ago to get nominations in lead and supporting in the same year and then the other three people i would mention as having a shot um nicole kidman who plays gretchen carlson the, fo- the former fox news channel anchor in bombshell also annette benning for a movie called the report which no one seems to be watching which is a shame because it it's is. terrific and it she is. plays senator D- diane feinstein right
1: i saw that at sundance and- this year and it was a, you know it was right. a hot ticket and i don't know what yep and it, it.
0: I don't know what happened there And then Florence Pugh For our Little Women And she plays uh, Amy March The youngest March sister And she is She's one of my virtuosos She mm-hmm. had a great year She had a She was the lead In the movie Midsummer, uh, Which came out in the summer And now Gives a wonderful performance In Little Women So I think You've got Laura Dern J-Lo Margot Robbie Sure things If I had to guess The other two right now I would say Scarlett Johansson And Kathy Bates With the other three women I mentioned Nicole Kidman Annette Benning, And Florence Pugh um, You know Right on the outside there
1: Interesting I love Jojo Brabbit. I know I, a lot of people don't really know much about that movie but I just, I thought it was brilliant. I just, There was something about it that just, it touched me on all different levels and that's what I like to go to the movies for. And the young actor that's in that, Roman Griffin Davis was uh, for, nominated for Best Actor in a Motion, motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy uh, Golden Globe, which I thought yeah. like, what a wonderful performance. I can't wait to see him do other things um, as, as he grows up because he's just amazing. Well, let's go to Um, Yes, very. I mean, and it took a long time to find him. I mean, you had to have the best, a really great young actor in this role. And he's just wonderful. Let's move on to um, best actor in a motion picture.
0: Best Actor is the most staff category in an acting category that I can ever recall seeing, and I've been covering the Academy Awards for over 20 years now. I have never seen a crop of performances like this, where when the nominations come out on January 13th, there's going to be six or seven performances that we just can't believe weren't nominated. So the three that are at the top of the heap right now, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, he was also Mm -hmm. nominated last year for Black Klansman, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, and Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Those three are in, no question, without a doubt. And then there's this whole list of people, which is mind-boggling. Antonio Banderas, who gives his career best performance in Pedro Almodovar's Pain and Glory, which is one of my favorite movies of the year. Robert De Niro, who anchors... The Irishman, arguably the frontrunner for Best Picture, but mystifyingly was not nominated for a SAG Award or a Golden Globe, even though he's in, you know, almost every scene in the movie. Right, right. Then you have these two guys who were nominated, these two young Brits for a SAG Award, Christian Bale for Ford versus Ferrari and Taron Egerton playing Elton John in Rocket Man, so they're squarely in the race. And then you can't forget Eddie Murphy for the Netflix movie Dolomite Is My Name, a comedic performance, but very strong. Adam Sandler for Uncut Gems, a movie that I didn't particularly like, but a lot of people do. And then Jonathan Price uh, playing Pope Francis in The Two Popes. So it's that's six, seven, eight, that's nine performances, <laughs> ten, ten, <laughs> ten, ten, ten. Um, not yeah. even mentioning Roman Griffin Davis for Jojo Rabbit making it eleven. So that one is going to be the toughest one. I, so I think it's Adam Driver, Joaquin and Leo are in. I think Antonio Banderas will probably get nominated as well. And for that last spot, I think it's either De Niro, Christian Bale, or Taron Egerton. And I, my, I'm my, i leaning towards De Niro because I do think the Irishman will do so well overall that he might get kind of swept up in um, all of the appreciation and acclaim for that movie.
1: Well, it'll be interesting to see. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Jam Price Show, all about movies. And my guest today is award-winning entertainment journalist and Turner Classic Movies host, Dave Carger. And we're talking everything Oscars. All right, let's move on to Best Actress. So,
0: same thing. There's three women who are sure things. Renee Zellweger, Judy Charlize Theron playing Megan Kelly in Bombshell and Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story. So that leaves two spots. And I would argue that there's maybe four women who have the best shot at those last two spots. Saoirse Ronan, who is the lead of Little Women, this would be her fourth nomination, and she's only in her 20s. Cynthia Erivo, who did such a wonderful job playing Harriet Tubman. I think those two will probably get the last two spots. And that means the two women that will be left out would be Aquafina, one of my Santa Barbara Film Festival Virtuosos for The Farewell. I adore that movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that she's gotten all the acclaim. And then Lupita Nyongo mm. for Us, and a movie that came out earlier in the year, and she's gotten some critics' awards. She did get a SAG award nomination. I am guessing that maybe the kind of horror genre of it all might uh, cause her to not make it in over Cynthia Arivo and Sir Sharon in the kind of more prestige films. But I could be wrong on that. I think you could see, you might see Lupita Nyong'o get in there as well.
1: Well, I I really loved uh, Cynthia Erivo's performance in Harriet. I really did. And and see, the one that I've been rooting for is Renee or I thought her performance was just brilliant and transformative and um and as i said this is what i said earlier it it was a lot of buzz about her early on and as i said it seems like it's it's uh the steam has lessened a little bit about that performance and i hope it i hope it doesn't because i just thought that was to me that was the best performance of the year that's
0: i don't think you need to worry i think it's been fairly calculated on the part of um, her pr team i think they were very cognizant of the fact that this film judy came out in September Mm -hmm. played all the late August, early September film festivals. She was everywhere. And I think what they decided to do was put her away for a little bit (laughs) so that she wasn't, you know, saturating the award scene straight through from September all the way through February. So yes, if you've, if you've sensed a lessening of her buzz, Mm -hmm. it's only because they've decided to pull her back a little bit, um, strategically so that she can then reemerge, as she will do at, you know, the January film festivals, Palm Springs and things like that, and at the Golden Globes. And she's beginning to reemerge and do a few more Q and A's in front of the voters. So I think it's really going to be between her and Charlize for the win. Nice. I do think Renee Zellweger has the has the edge
1: okay that's good to get to know i haven't i am haven't seen bombshell yet and tend to see it this weekend so looking forward to it okay that's great. let's get i can't wait i can't wait and let's go to the best motion picture of the year
0: so yeah so with the math as you well know jan there can be between five and ten best picture nominees that's the current rule um without boring your listeners mathematically speaking it's near (laughs) it's near impossible for there to be 10 it just doesn't it's not going to really ever work out that way with the current rules and again i don't know why
1: they changed that dave i I really i really don't i wish it was back to five you know I i agree i i think it's better everything else is five why do why do we have to enlarge that category and very rarely do they ever um you're right have 10 motion pictures that you know, are outstanding for the year. They're usually like seven or eight. But go on, go on.
0: So, so, yeah, and I agree with you. So I think what's going to happen this year, there's going to be eight or nine. And in just like in the last few years where there's been eight or nine, I think it'll be pretty clear once we see that list of eight or nine what the five would have been if there had only been five. <laughs> so, I mean, so right now, I there are six movies that I'm considering locks okay. for Best Picture. Right. The Irishman, All Right, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 1917, which trust me, when everybody sees it, they'll see why I'm saying that. Um, Marriage Story, mm-hmm. Parasite, the South Korean film that's gotten so much acclaim, right? and Jojo Rabbit. So those six are in 100% without a doubt. And then I think number seven and eight are probably Joker and Little Women. And if there's room for a ninth, it'll be something like Ford versus Ferrari or maybe Bombshell, which got something of a surprise Screen Actors Guild cast nomination, which is the SAG Awards equivalent of Best Picture. So my I'm leaning right now towards eight. Um the, the six locks I mentioned along with Joker and Little Women, but there might be a you know a ninth movie that sneaks in there as well.
1: What about the two popes? Two Popes
0: was a film that um, seemed to be on the top of a lot of people's lists out of the Toronto Film Festival. I saw it, and I wasn't convinced that it could go the distance. And it hasn't done exceptionally well. It didn't make the um, National Board of Review top ten. It didn't get a cast award for SAG Awards. It didn't get a Critics' Choice nomination. It did get a Golden Globe nomination, but I had been hearing all along that the 90 Golden Globes voters had really responded to that film. So I think I think Anthony Hopkins still is a great bet for a supporting actor nomination. Jonathan Price for Leeds seems to be fading only because it's a, such a tough category, and I'm sensing the movie is losing some steam as well, although I'm not completely counting it out as a Dark Horse surprise ninth Best Picture nominee, mm-hmm. and it should possibly get a screenplay nomination. Okay.
1: Great, thank you. Let's now let's move on. This is all good. I can't wait to see you know hear what the uh, actual nominations will be. But let's get into Turner Classic Movies because every year they do thirty one days of Oscar, and uh, they usually have a theme uh, uh, every year. And uh, so what what are they doing this year for thirty one days of Oscar?
0: It's such a great way that they've done it this year. So you've heard of the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon game, where you can yes. you can basically <laughs> link up. Any actor through Kevin Bacon, you know, in six steps. Well, what the TCM programming team has done for our 31 Days of Oscar, uh, which starts February 1st, it's called 360 Degrees of Oscar. (laughs) And every movie that we're showing connects to the movie before it and the movie after it via an actor. And I there's about it. 360 actors in total throughout the month that will link up all of these movies. And there's never a repeat. So to give an example, there's one night on Valentine's Day that we're showing actually some more recent films. We're showing um, The Firm, the 90s film with Tom Cruise. I love that And movie. then we then we use Tom Cruise to link it up with the next film, A Few Good Men. Uh, and then we linked through Jack Nicholson to show the next film, Easy Rider, and so on and so on and so on. And it goes throughout. Every movie is either an Oscar winner or an Oscar nominee. And the the actors who link the movies up are icons like Meryl Streep and much lesser known people as well. So it's really, really fun. We're about to we're about to film it all. And uh, it airs from February 1st all the way through March
1: 2nd. Love it. I love it. I love the whole idea. It sounds like so much fun. It would be fun to do a guessing game with that, you know? (laughs) Get your friends together and and, and not know what movie they're going to show next and guess which one they might show. Right. Which would be a kind of a fun uh, drinking game maybe. I don't know. I
0: like the way you're thinking,
1: Jan. (laughs) Dave, as always, it's a pure joy having you on the show and I look forward to seeing you in uh, January.
0: See you up in Santa Barbara. All right.
1: Happy holidays.
0: All right. Take care. You too.
1: Thank you. You've been listening to the Jam Prize Show All About Movies, and my guest today has been award-winning entertainment journalist and Turner Classic Movies host, Dave Carger. If you have missed any of the Jam Prize shows, you can go to my website, thejamprizeshow.com, and listen to all the archive shows there. You can also go to the iHeart Podcast Network channel and listen to the shows there. We're also on Google Play, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Apple Play. We're everywhere. We're on uh, YouTube or also on your smart TV. So there's no excuse not to listen to the Jan Price Show, all about movies. Thank you for listening.
0: On Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1, streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio, Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show.